Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Sermons Podcast. At Legacy Church, we help people find their identity in Jesus and their place in His mission to impact the world through the gospel. We ask that you grab your Bibles, listen up, and we hope that you hear a great word from the Lord today. Oh, good morning, church. How are we doing today? Woo, all right, man. Happy Father's Day to all of our dads. All the people in here that, you know, you've assumed fatherly roles for someone in your life, happy Father's Day to you. Um, I don't know who needs to hear this this morning. Yeah, the grass needs to be mowed, but you can wait till tomorrow, all right? You've earned a day of rest, so kick your feet up. Uh, man, take it easy this morning. But hey, I'm happy to be up here with you all again this morning uh, as we continue our series, Count to Ten. Uh, if you've missed any of the last couple of months here at the church, we've been uh, walking through this series on the Ten Commandments, walking through each commandment one by one, uh, kind of digging in past face value of what God tells us to do, but how we can grow closer to God in every way and what Jesus teaches us. And so uh, the last two months, we've already moved through commandments one through seven. And this week, we're going to talk about uh, commandment eight, right? Or we're going to talk about stealing, or rather, uh, that you aren't supposed to steal, right? Um, Exodus chapter 20, verse 15 says, you shall not steal. Easy, right? Four words, another easy commandment. All right, we got this one. Let's all go to lunch, right? Um, But really and truly, we're going to dig into this this morning and kind of see uh, that there's a lot more to it than just what those four words tell us, right? And so the last time I was up here, I started with a very somber and and serious tone because we were talking about hatred and we were talking about murder and the things that were happening in our world. Uh, But this this time, I wanted to start a little bit different, all right? I want to start a little bit different. How many of you are fans of heist movies? Like when when somebody is like uh, stealing gold or or bank robbery movies, stuff like that. Anybody? Yeah? Uh, Okay. I want y'all to tell me this morning if you have seen any of these uh, all-time great heist movies. What about uh, the Oceans movies? Oceans 11. Yeah? Any fans, right? Ocean's 11 or, or 8 or, or 44 or whichever number that we're actually on at this point. Uh, it's a classic, right? Right? Uh, okay, tell me about this one. Uh, Fast and the Furious. Yeah? Again, 11, 8, uh, 44. Uh, just not Hobbs and Shaw. We don't talk about that one, right? Um, oh, this is one of my all-time favorite heist movies, Inception. Anybody? Right? They're not stealing money. They're stealing your dreams and your, and your thoughts, right? Like, oh, that's such a good movie. Um, this is an older one, but some of you may know that The Italian Job. Anybody remember that? It was like one of the all-time greatest car chases, right? When I first started, like, uh, writing this sermon, uh, my notes were actually going to start the sermon off with, like, a fake story from college where it was basically the plot line to The Italian Job and just see if anybody would get, catch on, but we, I decided not to do that. Um, <laughs> Another older one, Young Guns. Any Western fans? Yeah? Oh, man. I remember watching Young Guns with my dad growing up. Uh, This is a good one. Point Break, right? The original Keanu, the Keanu version, not the remake. The Keanu version is the only one that we like to talk about, right? Point Break, that's a really good one. I'm a big surfing guy, so I love that movie. Um, This one was my all-time favorite growing up, though. Gone in 60 Seconds. Anybody? Yeah. Some good old classic. Yeah, there we go. Classic Nick Cage, right? Uh, now, now, just for the sake of saying it, not all of these movies have the most redeeming qualities, right? Um, not all of them have the most redeeming language. Um, so if you haven't seen any of these, I am not endorsing any of these movies, right? You have to decide what's right for you and your kids and your family. Uh, let me tell you right now, some of these are not right for your kids or your family. Uh, but, but 
it's really interesting, right? Like, I love, I love heist movies. I love suspenseful, like, crime dramas, especially uh, when there's a big plot twist, right? Something happens at the end that you didn't see coming the entire movie, but when it happens, everything kind of starts to make sense. Uh, Natalie and I have gotten into a show uh, recently called Money Heist. Again, not the most redeeming quality, but um, it, it's called Money Heist, and it's about these, uh, this band of robbers that basically breaks into the Bank of Spain and steals all of the gold in the entire country, right? And, and you're watching this show, and none of it's making sense, and you think they're going to get caught every episode, and then you find out at the end they all knew what was happening the entire time, and they planned it all, and it was all an elaborate ruse to escape, Right? But I, I say it's interesting to watch these movies because it never fails. You always find yourself rooting for the bad guy, right? Like, are these people criminals and stealing stuff? Yeah. Are they breaking the law? Yeah. But dadgummit, I hope Nick Cage gets away with Eleanor, right? <laughs> like, that's a sweet, sweet car. Like, that Shelby Mustang. I would love to have that. I'm not going to steal it, but I would love to have one, right? Or I hope Mark Wahlberg gets revenge for his kind of father-in-law who died while stealing gold, and now he's stealing gold back to avenge him. Like, it, the plots start to unravel really fast when you start to take it apart, but it, it's interesting because you start kind of almost like championing the cause of these criminals, right? You, you kind of think that the bad guys are actually the good guys, and the good guys are actually the bad guys. And it's interesting because we know that stealing is bad, right? Like, I assume none of us are going to leave here, go to lunch, and then go drive by a bank and rob a bank today. Like, I assume that's not the case. If, if that's your plan, we've got some pastors on the front row. We would love to talk with you and pray with you this morning. Uh, please don't do that, right? Like, please. Uh, but, but this idea of getting everything that I could ever want, getting all the things that I feel like I could ever need and never having to worry about money or never having to worry about material things, it's appealing, right? It intrigues us. It, it's so appealing so that like even, even the most outlandish heist movies begin to make sense. Well, of course he's going to steal the car. He's always wanted that car. Well, he needs to avenge his father-in-law because, because the guy stole the gold and then somebody stole it from him, right? This mindset of how much can I get for myself? How much can I bring in for myself with zero consequences and zero worries in my life? And so what we're going to talk about this morning is kind of how to avoid the mindset of stealing, or even more so, how to avoid the mindset of finding fulfillment in material goods, in material gains for ourselves. right? We've done this each week of the series. We've dug into each of the different commandments, and we've pushed past the face value of you shall not steal, and dug into what Jesus had to say about a better way for us to live our life, a way for us to um, grasp at God's righteousness for our life. And so this morning, we're going to do exactly the same. If you'll grab your Bibles this morning and flip over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to start off today. Uh, again, looking at the words of Jesus. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. It'll also be on the screens behind me. Matthew 6, verse 19. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. 
And so again, we've been looking at the different commandments each week, pushing past face value, seeing what Jesus had to say. Um, you know, of course we know not to commit murder, right? Of course we know not to cheat on our spouse. Of course we know that we're supposed to keep the Sabbath holy. Of course we know that we're not supposed to fly to Europe and steal gold bars from the Bank of Spain, right? Of course we know those things. But, but I, especially in this series, God has been teaching us that there's way more to it than just the physical act of obedience. That what is inside your heart and what is inside your mind matters just as much when you're being obedient. If you want to think of it like this, we cannot separate the material from the spiritual. We can't separate the physical act of obedience from the inner heart act of obedience as well. Right? And Jesus keeps telling us over and over that just the physical act of obedience, just the physical act of not doing something, doesn't protect you from what's happening inside your heart, the sin that takes you captive inside your heart, and stealing is no different. And remember the days that Jesus is teaching and the days that Jesus was alive uh, here on this earth, you know, wh what is happening? What's the example of money? Well, a lot of the religious leaders of the day used their power and their position to gain wealth for themselves, to gain material possessions, right? They would guilt people into giving everything that they had so that they could be wealthy while everyone else was poor. And even for thousands of years, for generations, uh, their example were nations and kingdoms coming in and looting and pillaging their city, their culture, and taking all of their earthly goods, taking all of their wealth and their money and all of their things, even taking their people, right? And so it's, it's no wonder that people are confused about money. They're confused about their relationship to money or material wealth, right? And, go, and so Jesus continues his teaching. He says, hey, your goal in life shouldn't be to build up what you can physically see in front of you. It shouldn't be, your determination in life shouldn't be to build up material wealth and that be your only focus. But he's saying what you should do is you should build up for yourselves treasures in heaven, because here on earth, moths and vermins and thieves will come in and take what you have built up for yourself, and they'll, they'll destroy it. They'll take it away from you for, so that you have nothing left. But the treasures that you have in heaven, the treasures that God establishes for you in your obedience and in your faithfulness, that stuff is untouchable. No one can touch the things that God has ordained and orchestrated and built up for you. Nobody can take that away. No thief can come in, destroy it, or take it away. Now, Jesus is not saying that material wealth and money is a bad thing. I want y'all to hear that. I want to preface that before we go any further this morning. He's not saying money is a bad thing. Absolutely not, right? But it's only when we allow money or material possessions to take God's place that it becomes a bad thing. It puts us in a bad place when we put money in place of God, right? It's not wrong for us to possess things it's wrong for those things to possess us. And so thinking in terms of materialism, why is materialism bad? Well, materialism enslaves us in our lives. Just we've talked about with hatred or murder or adultery or taking God's name in vain, all of these different things. Um, the, not following those commandments causes us to be slaves to the sin that's present in our lives, to the sinful hearts that we have. Uh, and so three things to understand this morning uh, is materialism enslaves our heart, right? And how is that possible? Well, if my heart is consumed by material wealth, if it's consumed with material possessions, and it's consumed with the abundance in my life, well, what happens to my heart when all of that stuff is taken away? 
right? You can go back in, your, in the book of Job in your Bible and see what that looks like for your life if that were to happen, right? If, my, if I'm, my only joy is found in God when he is blessing me with abundance, what does that do to my relationship with God when God takes away that abundance or God chooses to bless me in a different way, right? Jesus says, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. He says, hey, don't put your heart in things that eventually are going to fade away. Put your heart where it belongs in a relationship with Jesus, with God in heaven, working towards building up the kingdom of God, not building up your own personal kingdom. A second thing about materialism, materialism enslaves our mind. Jesus mentions our eyes. He talks about lightness and darkness being full of light or darkness. Uh, If you can't see where you're going, right? If I covered my eyes, if I can't see where I'm going, am I ever going to end up where I'm supposed to be? Right? If I keep my eyes covered and I start walking to the foot of the stage, what's likely to happen? I'm probably about to fall and hurt myself, right? Honestly, I'm really surprised I didn't do it just now. Like I was counting, I uh, practiced this week, I was counting my steps, like one, two, like I was afraid I was going to fall. But like, right, if I, if I can't, if I cover my eyes, right, if I can't see, if all I see is darkness, then I can't see what God has placed in front of me. Another way to think of it like this is if you're focused right here, on all the things that you can bring in and keep for yourself right here, you're missing out on all the opportunities God has placed in front of you to bless someone, to be a part of the work that he is doing here on this earth. If all we're putting in our minds is darkness, we can't see what it is that God is trying to guide us in, right? Keeping our eyes fixated on material things, on things that eventually will pass away, we miss out on the opportunities to be a part of what it is that God is trying to do in our lives. So that's the second thing. Materialism enslaves our heart. It enslaves our mind. It also enslaves our will. Materialism enslaves our will. He says you can't serve both God and money. If you're already enslaved to materialism or greed, you you can't be as generous as God calls you out to be, right? Jesus says you'll love one, you'll hate the other, or you'll be devoted to one and you'll hate the other. You and I weren't meant to serve both God and money. Or in other terms, you and I weren't meant or made or created to serve both God and the things of this earth. That's why there's a tension that builds, us, uh, builds up inside of us when we push back against God's will, when we push back against the purpose of God. There's that tension that builds up because we weren't made to serve the things of this world. We were made to serve God and Him only, right? And when we forsake that purpose that God has placed in our lives, And we're forsaking the ultimate thing that God has asked us to do here on this earth. And so with those three things in mind, that materialism enslaves our heart and and our mind and our will, where does that leave us, right? How do I push past materialism in all of those different areas? And how do I connect Exodus 20 of you shall not steal with, with what Jesus is saying of, hey, store up for yourselves treasures here on this earth. How do I connect those things? Well, Here's your three-point sermon this morning. Three principles that I want you to write down, remember, because these things are super important, but I think it brings us to that place of moving away from stealing and thinking, how can I get as much as I possibly can for myself to how much can I do for the kingdom of God? The first principle is, do not steal away your purpose. Don't steal away your purpose. Don't steal away or take away the things that God has put you here on this earth to do. 
Let's let the Bible talk for just a second. Here, show some uh, scriptures up on the screen. I want y'all to write them down and go back to them this week and read through them. Uh, I'm going to read through them real quick. Ephesians 2, uh, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though we were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Church, you and I were made for a purpose, right? God created us to know him, to experience him, to know and experience his grace and love for our life, and in turn to go out and become Christ's ambassadors here on this earth, to go out so that other people could know him. I say it every time I'm up here, that is our responsibility, right? To go out and make sure that other people know the gospel, that the other people know how much they need Jesus in, our, in their life as well. That's our purpose, Right? That's our priority in this life. And if we're so focused on building up treasures here on earth and we lose our focus of heaven, we're missing out on the purpose that God has placed in our life. Another verse for you, Mark 8, verse 36, Jesus says, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What good is it to get all of the material stuff? What good is it to get everything that I could ever possibly want and lose sight of the purpose that God has placed me here with? to make his name famous, to build up his kingdom, to make other people know how much they need Jesus. So that's the first principle. Do not steal away your purpose. The second principle is don't steal your family's joy. So God, don't steal away your purpose, and then don't steal, your fam- or don't steal away your family's joy. Now, now, family can look a lot of different ways, right? Family can be your immediate family, your, your spouse, your husband, your wife, uh, your kids, your, your brother, your sister, your siblings, your parents. Uh, family can be your immediate family, right? But family could also be the people that you've chosen to surround yourself with, right? You know what I'm talking about, the friends that are more family than they are friends, right? Family can be your church family, your life group family, the people that you surround yourself with. Just because the point uses the word family, don't, don't let it distract you from the idea that what you do and what I do in this world, the choices that we make affect the people that are around us. And so if you aren't living with purpose, if you aren't putting your priority on the things that are most important, it's likely that your family is not going to either. If you aren't leading your family closer to God, if you're not teaching them, hey, that Jesus is the priority in their life, if you're not teaching them that church and showing up to church is a priority in their life, it's likely that they're not going to make Jesus or church a priority either. The same with your family, with your kids, with your friendships. If you aren't living up to your purpose and making other people realize who Jesus is, it's likely that they'll never know who he is. There's a speaker, his name's Shane Pruitt. He's actually going to be the camp speaker uh, of the student camp that we're going to this week, um, which we've got 17 students, I know, 17 students and four adults this week. I'm super excited for that. Um, y'all, y'all pray for us this week. I mean, we're praying for big stuff. We're praying, man, for students to meet Jesus. We're praying for salvations and baptisms and, and everything else that God can and will do when we're faithful and obedient. But 
commercial over. Um, but Shane Pruitt is a speaker, and he's going to be the speaker at our camp next week. Uh, he posted this recently, and I thought it was so profound, and I wanted to share it with you this morning. Uh, it's called a four-generation fade, is what he called it, a four-generation fade. First generation, parents don't make church a high priority for their kids. The second generation, those kids grow up, and they make church less of a priority for their kids. The third generation, those kids grow up, and they make church no priority for their kids. And by the fourth generation, those kids grow up with no concept of God. Y'all, if you and I don't make God and church a priority now, it's very likely that our kids will grow up thinking that it's not important. All right? It's likely that even our grandkids or our great-grandkids may grow up with no concept of who Jesus is and what his love means for us if we don't make him a priority in our own life first. We can't steal away our family's direct line to a relationship with Jesus because we don't take it serious now that we have a direct line to God through our relationship with Jesus. It's your responsibility, it's my responsibility to lead our families closer to Jesus, right? God trusted you with that. Dad's in the room. God trusted you with your family today to lead them closer to Jesus, Moms, brothers, sisters, kids, God trusted you with the family that you're in to lead them closer to Jesus. It doesn't matter what your role is in that family. That's what your purpose is. That's what he is asking, asking you to do. He has trusted you, right? He has purposed you to lead them, to care for them, to teach them his ways, right? He has chosen you for this exact moment, for the exact family that you're around, whether it's biological or whether it is friendships or whatever the case may be. He has chosen you and he has trusted you in that element to bring your family closer to him. So don't steal away that opportunity for them to have a relationship with Jesus. Don't take that away from them by not taking it seriously. Make God, make Jesus your priority in this life. The third principle this morning is to not, don't steal away God's blessings. Don't steal away God's blessings. Now, I want to say this. This is not a sermon on tithing, all right? I'm not going to stand up here and coach you on giving. God tells us to give our tithes. God tells us to be generous with the blessings that he's given us. He tells us to do that. And so I hope and I pray that you're doing that, right? Let's just, let's do what God has asked us to do. But I'm reminded of a story uh, from Mark chapter 12, again, of Jesus, uh, where Jesus is actually sitting at the temple uh, and he's sitting close to where people are bringing their offerings in the temple. Uh, And he's sitting there and he's watching people come and go. And uh, as the passage describes in Mark 12, uh, he's watching, Um, what the passage describes as wealthy people, rich people bringing their tithes and offerings. Um, And they're coming up, and and the passage says that they're putting large amounts of money, large amounts of wealth in the offering plates. They're coming up, and they're making a show about how much that they're putting in. And Jesus watches as, as a poor widow comes up. And all she has is two coins to her name. And she walks up, and she puts those two small coins. The passage says it was only worth a few cents. But she puts the the coins in the offering plate, and this is what happens in Mark uh, chapter 12 and verse 43. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, the poor widow has put more into the treasury than all of the others. They They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything she had, all she had to live on. And this widow comes up with nothing to her name except two small coins, and she gives it up, right? This is her money to live on. This is her money to feed herself, right? To potentially feed her family. This is all she has, 
And she puts it in the temple offering, right? She gives it back to God. Why does she do that? Because she knew where that blessing came from. She knew that blessing was from God, and she wasn't going to hold back from God what he had already given to her, right? She gave everything she had because she knew where the blessing had come from. I heard a a pastor say this one time, that, that God has chosen to bless you, right, so that he could use that blessing through you. Right? God chooses to bless us from time to time physically. Right? God chooses to bless us from time to time financially. God blesses us emotionally. Each of us are blessed spiritually with spiritual gifts. God has blessed each of us with these different types of gifts to use them through you to bring other people to know who he is. Right? If you have been blessed, no matter if it's physically or financially or emotionally, if you've been blessed spiritually, it doesn't matter what kind of blessing it is. If you've been blessed in this life, remember where that blessing has come from. It's come from God. Right? That blessing isn't something that you built up for yourself. It's because God has chosen to bless you with those things. And so it's our responsibility and it's our joy to then use those blessings for God. Right, to make ourselves a blessing to the other people around us. Y'all, so often we, I think we misplace what our treasure is. We misplace where our treasure is, right? We're so focused on how much can I get for myself? How much can I retain? How many things can I build up for myself and for my kids so that I never have to worry uh, about all of the things that I don't have? In, in church, hear me this morning. I've had this conversation with God many times. God, I need more. God, I, I see what you've given me, but God, it's not enough. I need more, right? Like, God, I'm not, I'm not asking for like up here. Like, I'm down here, but I'm not asking for here. I'm, can I get somewhere like in the middle, God? Can, can I just get more? God, I tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. Can you just give me enough so that I don't have to worry next month about where it's going to come from? Y'all, I have had that conversation with God many, many times. And I want y'all to hear this morning that money is not a bad thing right? It almost feels like that's kind of what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying, and that is not what Jesus is saying. Money is not a bad thing. Material possessions are not a bad thing, but when we let those things, when we let that idea that we can build up everything that we need and we don't need God, that is when we find ourselves in a place that we were never, ever meant to be, right? I've got bills. I need to pay them too. God knows that, and God blesses me to be able to do those things, right? God chooses to bless us in different ways. We can't let that blessing or fortune take God's place. We can't worship the created and forsake the creator. We can't worship the blessing or even the possibility of blessings and completely ignore who the one is choosing to bless us. Jesus tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, he says, The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And Jesus is saying, hey, there's, there's a presence in your world. There's, a, there's an enemy that wants to destroy you, wants to steal away everything that you are, wants to kill who you're trying to be. And he wants you to put your focus and your priority on things of this earth. He wants you to build up treasures here on this earth because when you do that, you put those things within his reach. And he knows that he can come in and steal and to kill and destroy all of those things. And when he has done that, he will seek to steal, to kill, and destroy who you and I were meant to be, right? When we build up treasures for ourselves here on this earth, we've put them in reach of the enemy. But Jesus says, hey, I have come 
so that you may have life. And he doesn't just say life. He says, I have come that you may have life to the fullest. While the enemy wants you to put your focus and priority on places and things that aren't important, I want you to know that I have come to put you out of reach of that thief. I've come so that you can have life to the full, that you can realize that the treasures in heaven are vastly better than anything that you could hope for or build up for yourself here on this earth. The things of this earth look like junk compared to a relationship that is thriving with our Savior, Jesus Christ. I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Your treasure is and always has been in heaven. Your treasure and my treasure is a relationship with Jesus. It's worth more and way more valuable than anything that we can physically put our hands on. Our relationship with Jesus is the real treasure. Our treasure is found in heaven because our treasure is in heaven right now, interceding with God on our behalf, bringing us closer to him in every single way that he can. Your treasure is the Savior who made it possible for you to have access to the God that created you and who loves you more than anything. I was talking, I was talking to a, a church member in the lobby last week, and you know, I was asking church members, like, uh, what, what's your best dad joke? Like, we've got a funny video coming out on social media later today about dad jokes, and I was asking uh, people in the lobby for their best dad jokes, and one of our church members uh, said, oh, here, i got a funny story for you, and, and as he was telling me that, I was like, i got to rewrite my sermon now. Like, that's the best way to end the sermon, right? And so I want to tell you all that funny story as, as I kind of get to the point of wrapping up this morning. Um, so a guy passed away, right? That's not the funny part. It still goes on. Um, but uh, so a guy passed away, and on earth, that guy was very wealthy, right? He had built up uh, a lot of material possessions. He had built up a lot of material wealth for himself and his, for his family. And he gets to heaven, and he goes before God, and God looks at him and says, hey, well done, servant. Welcome to heaven. We've got a new house for you. We've got all this stuff waiting for you. You were faithful on earth. You had a relationship with Jesus. Proud of you. We're going to escort you into heaven. And, and the guy is standing there, and he's got, a, he's got a backpack with him. And he's like, hey, God, real quick, real quick, before, before I go into heaven, can I, can I just ask you one question? God's like, yeah, yeah sure. Well, what's your question? And the guy looks at his backpack, and he looks back at God, and he says, well, God, I've got this backpack with me, and, and it's full of gold. I, I, I knew I couldn't take everything that I had built up on earth with me to heaven, but I, I snuck in this backpack of gold, and, and I was wondering, can I just keep it with me, please? Like, I, I worked really hard on earth to build this up for my family, for, for myself, and I just have one bag left. Can I just please bring this into heaven? And God looks at him and says, That's, okay, you can bring your backpack into heaven with you, right? And so the guy starts walking into heaven, and God sends two angels with him to escort him to his new home, and uh, as they're walking, one angel looks at the other, and is like, hey, what is it with this guy? Like, what, what's going on here? And the second angel looks at the first and says, what are, you, what are you talking about? What do you mean? And the first angel looks back at the other and goes, why is this guy walking around with a backpack full of pavement? <laughs> 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 So y'all get it, right? The streets of heaven are lined with gold, right? The dude's walking around with a bag of concrete, essentially, right? Like, I gotta save it. No, you don't. Like, you just like, kick a pebble up. Hey, oh, there we go, right? Like, 
He was so encompassed with the things that he had built up on this earth, he had completely lost sight of that everything in heaven was vastly more valuable than what he had built up on earth. He had no idea that heaven was literally paved with gold. He had lost sight. He had lost perspective. That's perspective we need to sit with today. That the treasures that wait us in heaven are vastly more valuable than anything that we can build up for ourselves here. This morning, don't steal away your purpose. Don't lose sight of what God has placed you here to do, who he has created you to be. Don't steal away your family's joy. Don't lose sight of your purpose. And don't take that away from your family either. Lead them to Jesus. And don't steal away God's blessings that he's given you. Use those things to make his kingdom bigger, to make his name more famous, to bring him more glory here on this earth. Don't ever miss out on the fact that your treasure and my treasure is now, has always been, will always be a relationship with a Savior who loves you. Our treasure is Jesus, and he's vastly more valuable than anything that we can put our hands on on this earth. Y'all pray with me. God, we come before you today, and God, I just, God, I thank you for bringing us into this place today. God, I thank you for the grace that you show us every day that we get to come to a place to learn more about you, to dig into your actual word, God, and see how we are supposed to live right by you, to chase after your righteousness, to chase after your holiness, God, to chase after the treasures that you have blessed us with so that we can be a blessing to other people. God, I pray for every, everyone in this room, everyone watching online, God, everyone out on vacation this week. God, I pray that our focus would be set on you. God, that we would be bringing in your light into our minds and our eyes, not the darkness of this world, not the darkness of trying to gather up wealth for ourselves, but God, the hope and the joy that we have finding our treasure in you. God, we love you. We praise you. God, we thank you that you've chosen us. It's in Jesus' name I pray.